Luke Carey, ladies and gentlemen. He's live. Luke. Luke Carey, ladies and gentlemen. He's live. Luke. My old man's got a problem. Thinking to the bottom of the way it is. And someone's got to take care of him. So I quit school. That's what I did. Boo, doo, doo, doo. Ben, 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 ben. Luke has to listen to Tracy Chapman every time the U.S. men's national team loses. <laughs> I do. I stole that from a guy from the Men in Blazers pod- podcast. He calls it like the uh, fast car sad nap, and it's to- it totally works. It's amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 113 of Catching Foxes. I'm your host, Luke. With me as always, Gomer. Say hi to the kids, Gomer. You're doing it, Luke. You're doing it. Keep going. <laughs> he's fluent because he's doing a different voice, but eventually the speech and pentamo will, will come back up to its rear its ugly, ugly, soul-crushing head. Today, we're going to be doing our 10-minute topics. How excited are you for that, Mr. Gormley? Oh, I couldn't be more excited. But Luke, if I could make one little addendum. Please, go ahead. Thanks, Luke. Let's not call it 10-minute topics. Let's just call it listener topics. Yes, that's right. Listener topics. These are topics submitted by you, the listener. (laughs) 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 When did you meet Will Smith? When did you meet Will Smith? Smith? That was my line to you, Luke. Over the weekend, just never mind. I feel bad saying the B word now. I feel bad. I'm not a big fan of it as much as I used to be. <laughs> all of a sudden, all those anti-Hillary people at uh, Trump rallies really, yeah, seriously, really, really took the steam out of the word. It's like when I used to – so I am uh, a, uh, a proud member of the American Outlaws, which is the supporters for the U.S. national teams for the sport of soccer, which I'm not going to go into or soul-crushing defeat of last week. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, uh, one of the things that us outlaws proud, proudly wear is an American flag bandana. And I was wearing one the other week after a game, and Aaron was taking some pictures with her iPhone 8 Plus. And I went, you know, uh, one thing that kind of really, really stinks about this is uh, this, this bandana feels a bit alt-righty. Uh, <laughs> at, at, uh, I've had this since 2014, and I look like someone who's uh, – about to wield a tiki torch. Oh, were you wearing a white polo shirt and black plaid or khaki pants? Pleated I did. Khaki pants. I mean, I did have like, you know, weird, like kind of. <laughs> I had a polo shirt on. It was super oh, no. weird. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, was it? Oops. My mic just took a hard right turn. Uh, I wasn't trying to look like it. Just is what I had on that, that, that morning. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. Luke, Luke I, I'm sorry for your loss for the U.S. men's team. You can we know... just talk about it really quick? Yeah, can I, let's can do can it. We process? Let's yeah. do it. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm going to – here we go. Three minutes. Set a timer for three minutes. Okay. Three minutes. Let's I'm dead inside, man. I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. This messes up my life so much. No, it doesn't. Literally yes, it nothing does. will change about your no, life. No, that's not true. One. I can't, there's no there's no point to do the Perilous Fight podcast anymore. One, I now have gonorrhea. That's a big deal. <laughs> Two, <laughs> I had I had I did. Did you hear the uh, the other pilot episode that I did that I, I sent you? Uh-uh. It's not that bad. It's completely scripted, but it's not that bad. I, was, That's I got awesome. it. It was ten minutes. It was actually really kind of good, and I like it was really fun to podcast, but in a different way. 
So it's like when you're used to doing squats, you're like, I'm going to deadlift. And it's like, ooh, this is hard, but the burn. And I can, I, I can do but this. But it's a different kind of burn. So what, what uh, other than the podcast, the fact that you will not track the U.S. men's team all the way to the World Cup, what else is wrong with your life because of overpaid athletes uh, failed in their endeavor? Go on. So, yeah, they, they should be shamed for the rest of their lives. Uh, I was also for a job that I may or I may not have. I was going to partner with a local bar and have a watch party. My goal was to just pack it out. And just have have mass beforehand, then just get a bunch of people to go to a bar, have a pre-say quick blessing before the game starts, and just a way to really just have community. You know, it's it's, it's what we call a pre-evangelization event, Gilmer. I'm sure you've heard of them. No. So I was going to do that. That's pointless. <laughs> And I, and this is this is this is on this is one of them. So I I mean besides just being a big fan of the sport and I enjoy the aspect of that sport. We have a whole episode on that where we, we talked with our buddy Greg about it uh, pre pre a disaster. I was really just I was very excited to have just one effing thing the country could just get behind as a whole for two weeks. It was going to be really nice, and now it's gone and it's not going to happen. And it's. Uh, um, for people in my little world who are into this, it is a travesty. It is an absolute tra. It is awful. Okay. Hey, listen. It's not that I don't understand the loss people feel when they put so much, like, everything was on the line. You had the opportunity to go to the World freaking Cup, and it all falls apart. But I will say this. Your love will go on, Luke. You will <laughs> oh. continue. Tomorrow is a new day. Oh, no. I spent an hour. I uh, told <laughs> Father Kyle this. And, um, this will be the last thing that I say. But I, I, to- I told her about our uh, good buddy, Father Kyle, Sh- Kyle Schnepple. He sent me a text the next day asking me how, how, how I was holding up. And, uh, and I said – I'm going to be really honest. I spent a good 10 minutes after the game walking around in the rain, smoking a pack of cigarettes that I had bought for, I don't still don't know why, uh, praying to God, trying to understand if I had made an idol out of sports, was this my punishment? <laughs> God in heaven's like, didn't you listen to sister Miriam? Have you learned nothing? <laughs> well, you, it, you know, it was very, this is actually kind of a cool thing too. This is one, this no, is one of the things no, that no, I really we already do. talked about it. Done. Okay. Yep. Right. <laughs> Kiss Tober, everyone. Kiss Tober. It's ruining everything. So, so we're going to change. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I, no. <laughs> what, go Luke? ahead. Well, go no, you go. No, you, you go. You go. Okay, no, I'll no. go because I like to hear myself. Um, I, uh, I, I really want to do, so we, you know, we've classically done 10 minute topics. You know, we haven't done that format actually in, in several months. But we got a lot. We reached out. Luke knee-jerked and reached out to a lot of our Facebook followers. Go see us at uh, Facebook.com slash Catching Foxes Podcast. That's the best way to reach out to us. And we actually got a ton because, Luke, you did it like six hours ago instead of 45 minutes before we record. (laughs) And we got got a ton, a ton of great listener-inspired topics. So we're not going to do 10 minutes. We're just going to do the listener-inspired topics and plow through as many of them as we can. And I wanted to start off with first fan, Sugar Garcia herself. Sugar. Who from Australia went to the Holy Land. She is there. Uh, fifth, I think she was doing it for 15 days in the Holy Land. And if anyone, um, 
if anyone posted a prayer intention, we have that posted on our Facebook page, Sugar Goes to the Holy Land, which I think is hilarious. Um, she will take your prayer intentions throughout the whole her whole Holy Land pilgrimage. I mean, think about this. She said literally, I will take Catching Foxes fans' prayer intentions to the Holy Land on pilgrimage with me. Mm, so amazing. Luke, I, son of a bitch, say more things. I was looking at the the questions, getting gearing don't, up to <laughs> don't talk about what we're talking about. Be present to me and Sugar. Sugar needs you to be present to her. First fan, Sugar Garcia. I was actually very moved by the image of her. So she printed out the prayer intentions, or I don't know if she printed or if she handwrote them. Either way, incredible. Actually, handwriting a little bit more of a props for that. But regardless, and she like put them in the wailing wall and it was just kind of like a holy crap <laughs> like that's amazing that's yeah. just so amazing that we have a listener who just this awesome thing we have going on here and she took everyone's prayer intentions and put them into the wailing wall. it's just a, a really great example of like the church and just a really small humble act from someone from australia yeah how um, I, I love it i love it i love it i love it i just love it yeah, she said, I place all your intentions into the wailing wall and also wailed a little bit on them, to be honest. And uh, and then a little heart emoji. It's awesome. So go to our Facebook page and uh, check out that. I have her post. I believe it's pinned to the top. I've shared it on my own. Yeah, it's pinned to the top. Sugar goes to the Holy Land. First fan, Sugar Garcia heads to the Holy Land. Leave your prayer intentions here. I think that's awesome, and I love it. I love it. So are you ready to dive into our listener questions? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to start. This is from – I'll just say everyone's Pick whatever first one name. you want. Pick whatever one you want. Okay. This is from Stefan, and this is very interesting. Uh, he says, why is Father Jim Martin, who we had on the podcast a while back, hated on the Catholic internet? Why is Father Jim Martin hated on the Catholic internet? Well, I – Good question. Yeah. I mean, I think, number one, the Father James Martin – when we interviewed him, I had not been following him on Twitter. I hadn't. So what I did was I Luke said, hey, I got Father James Martin. He's one degree moved, removed from Stephen Colbert. And I said, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's where I knew him. And so I went on his website, and then I went on his Amazon page. And that's where, if you haven't heard, Luke like hated it when I would do these like formal introductions. And so the running joke was... I'm going to do the most, the biggest introduction of all time, and I recorded it after the fact. Um, and you can find that on my <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? That was so funny. It that really, was so funny. It really was. And, uh, and so, um, but I didn't know anything about him except from his books and the book titles, the topics, and all this stuff. And then someone and, just said, Why is he two faced? He's two different people. On Twitter, he says the most. Um, borderline heretical, if not heretical statements. And I was like, huh, I didn't know that. So then when we talk on the show, he has me he mentioned, like, we talk about what it's like being a public figure and getting all the hater aid. And he's like, oh, yeah, people are so surprised when they find out that I have a huge devotion to Our Lady of Lords, And I actually do care about my priesthood and my Catholic faith. I take it all very seriously. And then afterwards, so I started following him on Twitter. And then afterwards, I was like, whoa. Whoa, this guy says some pretty pretty edgy stuff, but not for a Jesuit. For let's it's like <laughs> regular for a Jesuit. But and uh and so Father James Martin, I don't know, you want to take it from here, Luke, about the building bridge. Uh, yeah. So he obviously just wrote a book called uh 
building a bridge. And I don't remember the last half of the title, but it's, something, it's really about a bridge between the LBGTQ community and the Catholic Church and vice versa. And I think um, how the Catholic Church and the LGBT community can enter into a relationship of respect, compassion and sensitivity. Yeah, and now which is a really, I, I, it's I'm thrilled that he's having these con, these conversations. I think the problem is, see, okay, okay, huge caveat to all of this. I have only read one of his books, and I read like twenty five percent of it, and it was, um, like, the Jesuits' Guide to Everything or something, and, and it was like a really fun book. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty pretty cool, and yeah, he is a good author. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just and like um, when I when I read things that he um, posted on my Facebook, which which can always be kind of controversial, but I hadn't really dived into his Twitter things as much. I contacted him over like Facebook, and uh, and so so really it was really only that and our like hour plus conversation with him, where he was incredibly nice to us. I mean, I I honestly think because he said he he would come back on anytime. I really do believe that if we were to ask him to to come on the show, he'd do it in a heartbeat. I really yeah, believe, like he was totally. so genuine when he was with us, and um, I think he is someone who, and I do not um, mean this in a bad way. I think he smells of the sheep. He really, really does, you know. And I think for some people, it it can be very uncomfortable, and there are things that he's said that makes me uncomfortable as well. And sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe not in a good way, but I have so much respect for him that he's trying. And I, I just don't know enough about what he says specifically because everything on Twitter is just like a quick, like sound bite. And there are certain clips I've seen that I have like issues with. I'm like, well, I don't know if that's him or not that said that. So take it with a grain of salt. So, I think it's kind of tough because he, to me, he's like ultimate example of a person who's not in our um, our echo chamber of like Orthodox Catholics who are right of center. Like he's not in that at all, at all. Um, but I, 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 I hesitate to say that he's a heretic or anything that one, because I just really like him. <laughs> and two, I haven't seen him say anything that's just blatantly outright like going against the teaching of the church. So I don't know. I mean, it's I, I think I basically I think why there's a lot of hate towards him from people and I, hates I mean, hate would be the wrong word, but like I mean, there's a disdain there is that he yeah. really says some things that I, 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 I it's kind of it's weird because I understand why people are angry about it. Like I don't blame some people for why I I don't like some of the responses, but some of them I think are kind of valid. Yeah, yeah, and you know, famously, Cardinal Sarah um, went after his um, his book, saying, you know, what what the church needs to do, the most merciful thing that the church can do for homosexual brothers and sisters, is preach the truth about the virtue of chastity and these other things, and not think that you can build a bridge. I think he said, I should get his quote, but it's, it's essentially like you can't build a bridge to sin and call that mercy, which is true. You can't. But there is, um, I, my, my whole thing is this. So 
I do want to recommend the, our listeners, if this is an area that um, you feel very strongly about and you want to learn more about it, there was an, uh, an episode, uh, episode 73 of Pints with Aquinas, where they interviewed, it was 73 and 70, or 72 and 73, where they interviewed uh, Daniel Matson, who is uh, a man with same-sex attraction. He's the one that wrote the book, Why I Don't Call Myself Gay. And so what they do is he writes his book, and literally his book and Father James Martin's book were published on the same day. And Daniel rejects the term gay and the lifestyle with it. Father James Martin is asking the church to build a bridge, not accept it, not be gay-affirming, to, to um, the LGBT community. And so they talk about that. And I think they have a really good discussion. I mean, we're, we're uh, discussion over instruction, so I think it's really good. But I also know... That part of the frustration with Father James Martin is he is, I think, deliberately open-ended. So if you read, like, his posts, mm -hmm. and I think, uh, I think someone on First Things talked about this. Like, if you read his posts, it's like he won't ever come out and say certain things that are very controversial and may or may not contradict church teaching. But he will walk you right up to that line and imply the hell out of it. And he does that a lot on Twitter. Where in the 140 characters, he walks up that line and is like, all right, peace out. And so he's, he doesn't – I wouldn't say that he commits heresy. And I do know for a fact that my limited knowledge of the Catholic faith, I'm no Augustine, so I'm not going to walk around telling people that they're heretics. Not me. I know. You're different. But uh, I'm just kidding. I'm totally just kidding. <laughs> kidding, everyone. Kidding, kidding, kidding. But there, uh, there is <laughs> – well, um, <laughs> thankfully episode 100 corrected that. But uh, there is an element where he it kind is. of fosters that. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so he – I mean that – so if you want to know, the, the question was literally why is there so much – okay, it wasn't literally. Why is there so much hater aid for Father James Martin? It's because he states provocative things on Catholic Twitter to get a rise out of people. Because when we had him on our show and he talked about things like did Jesus learn stuff? Did Jesus change his mind? Um, did the human nature of Jesus have to learn like the Syrophoenician woman, which, you know, it's our, our crew, right? That's our jam. He yeah. – uh, he talks about how Jesus was like, all right, I'll change my mind. I'll, I'll do something for you because you're a remarkable faith. When you hear it that way, it's like, oh, look at that nuance. Amazing that that nuance doesn't exist in 140 characters. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's um, – I, I think sometimes – I think, I think should, one of the things mm – -hmm. We need to have him back on. We do. We do. But we also need to kill this really fucking should. topic and move on. Yeah. So, all right. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, right. from this, I think a good a – good, um, Next question is, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 1,000 duck-sized horses? Okay, I have two thoughts on this. One, Michael Williams. One Michael Williams, go. One of the scariest moments of my life was when I had walked out of our house in junior high school, and uh, we had a bunch of ducks in like neighborhood because of a pond. And I'm oh, sorry, well, it was a goose, but whatever. And it, they had Same like a bunch thing. Of, they yeah. got wings and a bill. They're all the devil. Exactly. They had like a bunch of like baby <laughs> geese right by her, and she came at me, and it felt like one of the raptors from Jurassic Park. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> and I screamed like the little fat chubby girl I was with huge poofy hair, and I ran inside. And, and my dad was oh, just no, like, "Oh no, I'm so full of chocolate." <laughs> exactly. He, 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 I mean, honestly, his face was just like, really. <laughs> and I was like, the, the geese almost attacked me. So 
There's that. Son, you do know they don't have teeth. But, 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 wait. I know, that was scary as shit. Um, it is scary. But when, but could you imagine a thousand horses okay, the size it, of a duck? They're going to nip at you, man. They're would you rather you. fight one horse-sized duck? So that duck from your childhood got into the secret of the ooze from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh. He became the cousin to Rocksteady and Bebop. He we danced with Vanilla him, Ice. We will call him Jazzercisosaurus. Jazzercisosaurus. Do you RTLD Howard? We'll call him Howard the Jazzercisosaurus. He comes <laughs> running after you in a park. You're all alone, and you have a loaf of bread in your hands. Is that the most terrifying thing on the face of the earth? A horse-sized duck. But here's the thing, though. You have a thousand duck-sized horses who will nip the shit out of you. Will they, or will you punt them? So the answer is, okay, would you have to fight them? Is it, is it, if, if, if it's your bare hands, I'm yeah. going with the 1,000 uh, duck-sized horses. Bring it. If it's because you can just kick those bastards. Kick, you kick if it, your legs don't work, you fall on the ground, you just start punching, you bite. It's okay. If I've got, like, a baseball bat and it's a horse-sized duck, I'm, I'll face the horse-sized duck. Ooh, okay, okay. Now, I'm going to say this. I was literally thinking about a similar question. Before this man asked it, which is why I made sure it was on the list. Because I was, I love, maybe our listeners know this, I love fail army videos on YouTube. Really, really do. I really do. And uh, I made my wife watch a handful of them and we were dying laughing. Because you have to find the right ones. Because you can watch some that are like cringeworthy and it's just people getting hurt and that's not funny. Well, it is a little bit. But uh, there are certain episodes where there are things that are like, like pranks gone wrong hilarious so prank fails awesome and there was this is one video of this kid walking in the oh man he was probably a, a middle school kid just like you and all of a sudden uh, a handful of geese just fly after him and he's screaming at the top of his lungs running away and i thought in my head if that were me i would just turn around and punch it as hard as i could in the face <laughs> like i would fight that duck and then literally I get on Facebook half an hour later, and here's this question. So I would, I would prefer a 1,000 duck-sized horses because a horse-sized duck, you punch that sucker in the face, it'll just quack and come right after you. They don't care. Mm-hmm. But a, a normal-sized duck, punch it in the face, it's dead. Or, you know, close to it. Yeah. Luke, you are so shitty at the post-wrap-up <laughs> thing. Do a transition for the love of God. <laughs> Sorry. This is what happens whenever I get like, okay, I'm checked out Instagram. I know. Ooh, had the Militech went and saw the Cold War kids. Cool. I, w- I literally was complaining about when you don't like an interview, you check out to someone. <laughs> and I was like, Luke, don't check out. Save it. Save it. I really, that's the worst. Whatever. You play Minecraft. Um, I do, but I at least try to save it. Okay, really, really quick. Pollution. This is this is not so much a question as it is a statement. But I'm so giddy. Uh, by the time this episode's been released, I think this will have already started. But Stranger Things season two. Oh, I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I wish we we, we had this like uh, fake joke, not fake, but like a oh sorry, a real joke about a fake conference where us and like steve the missionary and that catholic 
couple were going to just like have like a conference where it really just us uh, binge watching Stranger Things season two. <laughs> It'd be such a good idea. Such a good idea. Oh man, I, I'm I I loved Stranger Things. The funniest thing about the how I watched Stranger Things season one was I heard a bunch of people talking about it. I put it on. It was mm, 10 o'clock at night. My wife was already in bed, and I had a bunch of research to do, and I had a one book. And what I would do was I, I became so captivated by the show that I would do my research <laughs> while Netflix was loading the next episode. You know, it gives you, like, that 20-second countdown. It's like, the next episode will air in 20 seconds. I'm like, all right, got to read the book, got to read the book, got to read the book, got to read the book. Oh, got to put it down. <laughs> you know, I, I and it's going to be – the last thing is it's uh, there's not a whole lot to say about, but what I love about this show, and I think I have talked about this before, is it treats the like '80s, those like '80 like uh, the '80s pop culture sci-fi stuff. It treats them as like its own like genre, so you feel like you are watching it. It like yeah, it's not a nostalgic. It like you feel what you felt when you watched like a Steven Spielberg ET or close encounter or any of that stuff because it's just like it feels like one of those films in all the good ways not in, in like uh, his was fun it's more like hey you know this is fun it's it's great it's great i think right. um i'm really excited about stranger things because i think it did so much justice to the 80s in a lot of really good ways and it paved the way to one of my new favorite fiction books ready player one which is going to be a movie very very soon you should check out the trailer. I think it's going to be awesome. And Steven Spielberg is directing it. Wait, oh, he's the director. He yep. hasn't made anything really good in a while, though. I know. I know. Uh, it's not true. I enjoy Lincoln, so, okay. Um, but it sucks when you're Spielberg because for you, like, if it's not, if it's like a good movie, it's really not a good movie because it's not a great movie. Like, everything yeah, he hard. does yeah. has, to, has to be Schindler's List. Because that was the last film he did that had a real impact on yeah. the culture as a whole. But who who directed Back to the Future? That was Zemeckis, Robert. He was the uh, Spielberg was the executive producer, ah, but it was that's what it is directed by. It was um it was it was like written by a guy named Bob Gaff and yeah. uh, and like Robert Zemeckis. So it's kind of their thing. It's Spielberg. He he made it happen. So the the reason why I ask that is Ready Player One, which I listened to the audiobook of it. I'm about to go back to the audiobook this week again for the second time or second, maybe third time. Um, it's an homage to the eighties. It's awesome. it's an awesome book, but it's read by Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Uh, say it Will. normal. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will 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 Wheaton. Will Wheaton. And it's really well done. It's an awesome book. And the DeLorean, if you go check out the trailer, which we will have in our show notes, catchingfoxes.fm slash 113, um, you'll have it in our show notes. It's an and awesome trailer. It's an awesome trailer. And uh, it, it, the visuals, at least. I'm a little bummed that the actor that they have is a ruggedly good-looking young man, as opposed to a fat guy with acne, which is the character in the story. But, uh, you know, you can't have everything when you're dealing with Hollywood. Am I right, Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Too, I knew where, as soon as you started going, hey, I was like, nope, don't do it. Don't do it. Dude, we should totally talk about Harvey. Yeah. Um, I, I, this is all I want to say. You are going to watch The Fall of White Male Hollywood. 
yeah, all the people, so. all the George I, Clooney's and all yep. the Ben Afflecks who pat themselves on the back because they are fashionable liberals, right? George Clooney gave that notorious, <laughs> nauseous speech about how progressive and awesome Hollywood is. No, no, George Clooney is the pride of Cincinnati, so watch what you say. I know. Well, he's ruggedly good looking. He's white, so Very he gets a pa- and he's rich, so he gets a pass. But, but I guarantee you, all the womanizing, every, I mean, this is. I yep. think I think either one of two things will happen. The dominoes are going to start to fall because of people like Rose McGowan going nuts on Twitter, or they'll be totally fine and it'll all go it'll all go away because of money. Oh, shit. Uh, I I hope that I. What do you want to see happen? I want to see freaking people like our listener and my personal friend Rebecca who wrote that Me Too post. That Thank you, beautiful. Luke. You posted that. She wrote about – she didn't even know she was sexually assaulted. Oh, whoa. How do you not even know you're sexually assaulted? Read her post. So many women hate themselves, blame themselves, feel embarrassed for themselves, and that's how the men do it. Like, they know that happens. So people like Harvey are able to, to leverage their whole thing, and then they say lines like, you'll never work in this town again, broad. And that's enough what? fear to own a little uh, – a new actress. And here's the thing about a guy like Harvey Weinstein is he's supposed to represent independent media. Yeah. Like he's he's his company. No, it's really not any like anymore, but in the nineties it very much was. Like he's the one that brought indie films to pop culture. To be I mean, Goodwill Hunting. I mean Goodwill Hunting. I mean that's a perfect Pulp Fiction. Yeah. yeah. Like those are th- yeah, those are films that um really defined an era in a certain way and like made indie films accessible on it started to happen in the 1970s and in the 1960s but star wars and jaws kind of killed it and he's the one that brought it back yeah and so for those you don't know he helped start miramax then Mm -hmm. miramax was eventually acquired by disney then he left that and started the uh the weinstein company uh, and I think they are still independent, but, uh, mm-hmm. and now, you know, now he's fired and all this stuff, but there is such, I mean, the whole hashtag me too. And, and then people responded. It was powerful. With hash- yeah. I think it's it was, brilliant. It was, I, it was, I mean, it was also heartbreaking. Yeah. But in the main, I mean, the, the, yeah, no, sorry. I was just Go gonna ahead. say the amazing thing is how many me too's there are out there. And yeah. I think there is, there is, there is a knee jerk reaction. Hashtag not me. Which is so atrocious. Why can't people just have their hashtags? Why does everything have to be a freaking political well, football? And like, why do we have to like let people? The, 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 um, Greg uh, Greg Iwinski brought this up. Is that say, basically saying when you did like racism, you like one of the hardest parts of that for him is you automatically deny his experience. You say what you went through didn't happen because this doesn't actually e- exist. And he's like, bullshit. Like, yes, it does. I've experienced this. And and when we do things like that, when we say – because because like why I think as Catholics we tend to be a little bit anti this stuff is because it comes from people who we perceive to be quote-unquote progressive or on the left. Yeah. Totally. And so they must be an enemy of the church. But even if they're a person who's like very hostile towards the church, that doesn't – like who are you to deny – degrade or overlook the suffering of another person. Yeah. Yeah. And so the fact that all these people, and the amazing thing is also all these women actresses 
who helped cover it up by the by you know like the okay let me let me be very careful here there are women who are alleged to have helped cover up Harvey's sexual assaults like allegedly Meryl Streep and they are being taken to task hardcore by people like uh like you know Rose McGowan and others but Like basically like the millennials so that people who were assaulted fairly recently are going after the Meryl Streep's being like, you knew about this. You knew about this and you did nothing. Ben Affleck's statement apparently was he yelled out, GD, I told him to knock this shit off. And so the woman who was raped by him was like, so you knew this was a thing. And yeah. And imagine being a person who was raped by a guy who your new co-star like – his whole career is built on. He gets drinks with. He hangs out with. You, mm-hmm. you, it creates silence and self hatred and blah blah blah. Yeah. Okay. It's awful. It's awful. But hashtag you know do that hashtag me you me too not me you too yeah and uh, and it um Matt Frad was I had the pleasure of hanging out with today. I just Wait, you got to meet up with him. Yeah, he Why he is gave my a talk. That I pitched? I don't know, but it was awesome. It was just so good to be able to. I, I just he's so it was brilliant. I loved he. I am so. I, I just think the world of him. Um, he brought up this point how like the tide is slowly not the, not the tide, but like things are started. It's kind of interesting. Like people are starting to speak out, kind of going, "Hey, like porn's kind of effed up. Like this is hurting. Like this kind of sucks." Yeah, and I think. And I kind of wonder is that not only is it happening in things like pornography, but is this going on within things like how um, how I met your mother? I know. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to find my but just like overall, like American culture. Yeah. You know, like how, like what are I mean? This okay. This is going to be a little blunt, but I'm sure there are things that you or I have said in the past when we were teenagers or early 20s that girls found offensive. Or maybe we did a thing or something that we didn't think was a really big deal and a girl felt intimidated. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I doubt – I mean, it's, it's – I'm not saying that we're bad people who did really bad things. I'm saying, like, it does kind of make me – question what parts of our because this is so ingrained in american culture and people are starting to go like no fuck this this needs to stop and it's kind of amazing to like see it happen because it's because yeah. like what they're angry about are like valid things to be like angry about and it really does i really hope that like a lot of guys who are seeing the me too thing like when in your when in like your life did you ever do a thing that you thought was fine but it was like really wrong? Yeah. Like when you were trying to kiss a girl, when did you put your hands in a place that you thought she was probably going to be okay with, but she wasn't? You know, I mean, like I'm sure the majority of like male listeners have had that experience. Yeah. Where you think you have a permission to do that because you are making out with her, and in reality, you don't. Right. You don't. You only have, quote unquote, permission to do that when it is c- consensual. And that should really be in the context of marriage. Yeah. And I think this is this is a great 
thing into a couple other listener questions. I don't know if you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. Yeah, no, no, no. But yeah. I don't. I know it literally. It goes right into this. And um, uh, Brandon Ocampo wrote about purity culture. Remember that? And you were like, "Yeah, I think that's a great thing." And memes. And uh, what's purity culture? And mm-hmm. then um, uh, William Griffith, a uh, longtime listener of the show, and I think longtime like Facebook, like one of the originals. Um, he's awesome. He talks about slut shaming and talking about women, how they have to dress appropriately and have greater responsibility to men than men knowing how to keep themselves under control. I think that's very important. And Cassandra mm-hmm. Ursu uh, wrote, uh, why don't we know more about other virtues <laughs> rather than just chastity? And I thought that was all th- those three, I think, go right to what you're talking about. Now, we had mentioned this on an earlier episode when we were talking about Brock Turner and with Brock Turner. I had said when, as a youth minister, I've never talked about consent with my high school teens because I tell them not to have sex before they're married. And if I'm telling them that, that's gone right out the window if they're having non-consensual sex or they're, you know, gropings or whatever. And I realized that there has to be a better way to explain this stuff. Now, in my opinion, I don't know. Do, wait, let me just stop there. Do you agree, disagree? What do you think? Oh, I think that when we um, – let's make sure that I'm hearing you right. Are you asking like do we need to ha- – when we do these ch- – like when we talk about this stuff, do we need to get more detailed or more specific? So it's not just like don't have sex, kids. Here's uh, your ring. Well, we are, here. we are telling kids – we are telling – yeah, your purity ring and your chastity card. We are telling them to remain chaste, but we're not ever going into the other things so that if they – I just fear that we're not addressing consent, even if you're talking about kissing, you know. And there are women who talk about, like, being pressured to kiss someone and, and all this stuff that's just unjust. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I was talking about specifically. No, I, 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 no, I absolutely do think. I think to, to go back to what I was just saying, like, earlier, I can remember in high school and in college if you – made out with a girl you feel like it was kind of a and and, and I, I mean and i and i use a term um made out specifically um that that kind of gave you that extra um a permission to start exploring like where else could the hands go like what else could like happen here and i mean nine times out of ten it was like you know it would wherever you like wanted it to and like now as an adult i i wonder like that doesn't really mean that <laughs> you know like that doesn't mean that at, at all i just assume that yeah and um you know i'm a bigger dude in and you know college and high school i wasn't like a really like huge like fat dude i was just like, like i'm just like a bigger guy and i can i know i can intimidate some people just because of my size i'm built like a linebacker um Let's be honest. I'm built like an offensive tackle. Um, yeah, you can... are. What does that mean? <laughs> a little bit more girth. Um, uh, it doesn't mean like I, th- I think we do need to address like if you do kiss a girl or if you are like making out w- w- with her, like one, pump the brakes. But two, like that doesn't mean you have permission to do other things with her. 
and it's tough because it does feel like you're saying that that's okay, or you're like allowing that to happen. And I don't think that is necessarily okay. Also, the, 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 and also, yeah. uh, be careful, Luke. Choose your words wisely. I don't think like making out the end of the world. You know, I wouldn't encourage high school kids to do it. But I'm saying, like, in the grand scheme of things, you <laughs> I know, can't like, con- I can't control my erections. Well, kid, Luke says make out. Make out as much as you yeah. want. <laughs> it's not what I'm saying at at all. But, like, y- you know what I mean, though. Like, we, 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 we tend to, like, emphasize restraint so much, which, which I think is a really good thing. Yeah. And but we don't get into. So what do you do when you cross that line? Yeah, like what you know, and that's what like we kind of have to. I think that's a real oops, stupid mic. Um, you know, it's took a hard my like my little stand thing is weird, so it just took my, my microphone took a hard right turn again. Um, sorry, I'm kind of eating up. Which what? Well, I would about. say I would say that. So ve- keep going. Yeah, I would say that very specifically. Um, I was I was teaching a class. I got to teach on whatever I wanted, and I decided to teach on money and sex in the church which was a terrible idea. And uh, I got a lot of angry feedback and so, a lot of good feedback too. Um, but this one woman said to me, and I thought this was really interesting. This kind of goes into that one comment. Why is chastity the only virtue we hear about? And uh, the, the reality is that, so this woman said to me, um, why is the church so obsessed with what's done in the privacy of a bedroom? Shouldn't the church be more obsessed with how people interact, how we deal with the poor, how we love one another? And uh, so I said, okay, let me answer it this way. Yes, the church, in terms of the way it's perceived via the media, should be seen as more obsessed, you know, quote, unquote, with justice and charity and all that stuff. I said, but how does just because we're in the bedroom, all of a sudden the person is no longer my neighbor? I was like, that, that I still owe justice to my neighbor, even if my neighbor is my wife in my bed. Like, that doesn't mm-hmm. cease because we're consenting adults, right? And so she was wondering, why is the church sex obsessed? So I went through it. You know, I talked about how, you know, people on the right tend to focus more on sexual morality. People on the left tend to focus more on social justice morality issues. And I said, but the reality is holiness is both. And if you only focus on the fact that you have restrained your sexual appetite, but you ignore your neighbor in need, you are just as liable to fiery Gehenna as, as the opposite, as someone who is very focused on social justice but also is very promiscuous. The reality is sex is a sin that happens within us. Or let me rephrase it. Lust is a sin. Sex is not a sin. Lust is a sin that happens within us. It, it is so much stamps itself on our identity, on on how we mm-hmm. act, how we view other people, you know, can men and women be friends, you know, like all that stuff, that there is this inherent need to focus on it. So the reason why the church talks so much about sex is because such as sex is a big deal. The reason why Jesus speaks about eight times more on money than he does on prayer isn't because he doesn't think prayer is a big deal. It's because ever since money's been invented, it's been the number one competitor to God. And so we need to address certain things. And and we all know that we live in an idolatry of sex. But, Luke, I think you have given uh, in the past a really good solution to this problem. And I can't go on. And I can't fuck you. And I can't <laughs> stop thinking about your statement because I came across 
JP2 in Chris Day's Lady talking about it, which is the other areas of formation. So we talk about mm-hmm. sex, we talk about chastity, and then we set up the rules and we talk about the rules. And then we leave it at that. And then we don't give them human formation. That's exactly what I was was in my head earlier when you yeah. started. Yeah. And we don't give them an experience of, like, for instance, uh, an experience of, like, let's say seniors in high school inviting maybe sophomores or whatever, uh, other, uh, like, men inviting younger men and deliberately mentoring them when they go out on group dates. Like, intentionally being like, hey, there's a guy from my youth group. There are a couple guys from my youth group. They were just like me when I was their age. I'm going to invite them to come out with these group of guys and girls, and they can see how we engage in these, like, social virtues, right? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure they would never use that language. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Unless they were homeschooled. Yeah. <laughs> and how? But that... <laughs> They wouldn't be out in the first place. <laughs> go on. Oh, man, that is so true. Um, so this notion of that social or human formation, like like even things like – and I hate to sound like antiquated, but like etiquette. Like why is well, it important yeah. Why is mm-hmm. it important to dress up for a date? Because – and the reason why I say that is because it adds an air of formalism and respectability. Well, and you know what to do. And you know what and to you know- freaking – do Which, absolutely. I mean, I this it. sounds weird, but so this ties into our last episode with Joey Svensson mm-hmm. from the Bad Christian Podcast, where we just briefly, when we just kind of started the chat, a little, uh, like warm up conversation, was just about like phones and like phone etiquette, and and I brought up how you know that let that allowed you to be comfortable so you knew like what to do how to like you know, like how like answer the phone in a way that was respectful to the person who was calling and you just knew this is what i do to like make this thing here like work and how now with a lot of teens they get anxiety with that because they don't know how to answer the phone because they don't know the proper etiquette so when they get a call or when things happen they get these extreme levels of anxiety because they don't know what to do. Part of the reason why I think a lot of older teens, early college, have extreme anxiety right now is they're dealing – they don't really know how to use their phone properly. So it's just screwing with their brains and their bodies because they're just – it's not – the patterns and the habits they have, it's not, the, it's not like the proper etiquette because it's not building them up or anyone else. It's just tearing them up inside. So – when we're in these dating relationships and we don't know what to do, <clears throat> it creates a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and a lot of like fear. So we kind of result to our carnal impulses, which is, you know, horniness and just wanting to like make out and go as far as we can because – and there's a whole bunch of other reasons why we want to do that as well. So I think it's um, like if there's one thing I think – we all desperately need, and this is for people, this is for all the millennials who, who listen. Um, you need human f- formation. And a really shitty thing that's going on right now within our church is we're not providing that. So I would really encourage you to just take the risk and start to ask for it. Go to your pastor, go to your parents, go to whoever and say, I want to know how to... Oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank. But no, uh, uh, well, let me let me fill you in because in Chris Fidei's Leichi, one of the things that I noticed that I was like, "Oh, damn, this is this is really awesome," is he brings up the whole human formation 
um, or I think he calls it human virtue, maybe. But he talks about this notion of uh, realizing within our oh human values. That's what he says. He says realizing that like you can be at work and learn human, authentically human values from the the godless heathens that surround you at work. From you know these people who care about their job and who view it as a burden to do excellent at their work. Oh well, yeah, can I mean learn I learn from I, this stuff. And like, I think uh, we I but I just want to say this one thing. I think go. we as Christians or as Catholics, unless there's a Catholic version of it, we're suspicious of it. And part of our human formation is going to our boss wherever we work at and and those things that you see in them that are good or appealing, whether it's a functional thing like you know, being a good salesman or, or whatever, or being a good manager, good boss, and and actually try to be mentored by them. That's part of this human formation directly that the Pope talks about. He's like, you need to engage in these human values in the midst of the world, not in spite of the world, but in the world you'll find these. Well, and like here's what also really stinks about that is a lot of the thing, and I and I know we tend to crap on the on the things that people in the church are offering, and and, and I'm not. And I don't mean to do that. I just think we're in a weird, we're in this weird post of Vatican II stage. We're just trying to like hash everything out and go, okay, like what does this all mean? So take that, take this with a grain of salt. I do think that right now it's in the church. We think we're doing that. We think we're doing human formation, but in reality, what we're doing is intellectual formation. We're like changing opinions or like opening up people to new ideas. We're not changing habits. We're not growing like virtue and we're not really trying to learn what are some of like how does Christ or how or like what's the best way to be a human being and what does Christ have to say about that? How can Christ inform that? How can Christ bring that to light or how does Christ really like speak – um, I'm saying – because I, I know I totally – like I think – like one of the things this is, this is honestly why early in my career sports podcasts were so powerful because it helped me kind of see like how to run an organization and what worked and like what like I mean there are things that I have that I have directly used in fact probably the most important book I ever bought that honestly I think without it I would not have been a principal at at twenty eight was the Packer Way. By uh, I think it's Ron um, Ron um, Ron Wolf. I think it was uh, uh, Todd Packer from uh, Anchorman. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I shit a squirrel. Um, <laughs> he uh, basically just like he was a guy that took over the Packers and got Brett Favre from the team and like helped them become the dynasty that they are right now. And just it's not Catholic at all. There's nothing spiritual about it it's just here are the like eight steps i do to like within any business and it's why i think it can help you in your business life or with or with like in your personal life as well the danger of all this though this is the, the last thing that i will say unless you want to keep keep going with this is when it becomes more about conquering problems than personal holiness and and if we don't allow christ to speak to that and to like see how christ can like you know build upon that grace build grace built upon like nature when we don't do that, then what happens is we – I really believe this. We actually get like rooted in the anima technica vac, vacua. So you do have to be careful with that, I think. But you definitely do not discard it. And like, again, grace built upon like nature. So 
just as long as we're continuing to like access Christ and allowing him into that, then I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. What could happen with that? Yeah. I just really, I really feel like we are missing an entire aspect of our lives. For instance, at Christ the Good Shepherd, there's a wonderful group of people who are doing young adult ministry, fans of the show, love it, and um, and help her with my finances. Uh, but they uh, <laughs> they do this. They have a whole series called Adulting, where they just help twenty somethings figure out life. And I told, uh, I want to say, I think I mentioned the art of manliness. Like I have a book because of my conversations with them. I went out and bought like for Father's Day. I requested uh, like. Five Art of Manliness books, and one of them is going out on your own for the first time or heading out on your own. And it's like 30, 31 life skills. And it's great because so few people have them, like how to change a tire, how to change a battery, how to tie a tie, you know, how to do all this stuff where if men and women were trained in this stuff, I think there'd be a lot more, a lot less anxiety around this and a lot more human, kind of human flourishing. So Totally. Dude, this is good. Uh, how we doing on time? We good? We bad? Oh, we're at fifty five minutes, man. So we can wrap okay. up. We can wrap up. Let's, uh, Luke. Okay, so coming up, we got Star Wars, bro. We got Star Wars, <sighs> bro. Can I tell you the so greatest nervous. thing in the world that's happening? When we talked to Bob Rice about it, it was just so enlightening. Oh gosh, I love Bob Rice so much. I know. Um, but here's the deal: when the Star Wars preview came out, I was drinking beer. With fan of the show, Mike Fields. Thank you, Mike. And his girlfriend, Claire Kane. So I was talking with Mike Fields, uh, Mike Field and Claire Kane. Uh, we've got a great picture of them, too. Um, and we were sitting there drinking yingling, like gentlemen and, and ladies. And all of a sudden, the Star Wars trailer comes in. Now, Luke, how did you feel about that trailer? Wait, didn't we already talk about this? We didn't talk about it on the show. Oh, it was on the Patreon thing? How right. did you feel about the damn trailer? I loved it. That was great. That was phenomenal. Did you feel like it showed too much? No. You don't because... feel like it shows the death of Princess Leia? Or at least makes us want to think that. Like, I, General I, Leia. I mean, I thought it was a fun trailer. Like, yeah, they, they, like, they've got to give you something. How about that well, new, I thought uh, it was that new uh, Wookiee-looking little animal thing? Oh, that thing is so effing cute. I love it. <laughs> it's too much. It's too I much. I love it. It's so great. But, uh, so... I'm watching it with Claire and Mike Fields and Jason Carter, and I'm staring at the thing and in our household brother, Dane, and I'm staring at the TV. Oh, Dane. Yeah, and it was in Spanish, so I couldn't understand it. But I'm watching it unfold, and I'm like, this is going on too long. They're telling me too much. And then I pulled out my phone, and I immediately <laughs> pulled up my Cinemark app, and I bought two tickets. By the time <laughs> I bought the damn tickets... All of the first round of shows had already been booked. Or the first, you know, like, because they do it on Thursday evening now. And uh, so I have the 1120 showing at night. I have two reserved seats, so I don't have to wait in line like, a, like, an, like an idiot. And me and my wife are going on December 14th, opening night. And then we're getting a hotel. Ooh. And Thursday, Friday, and Saturday... Just the world will have new Gormleys. Just me and Shannon. Here's the hoping. It's not stretchy or tacky or cloudy or any of those cervical mucus signs of fertility. 
we the, you know what's going to happen luke we're me and shane are going to sleep together and i mean literally just sleep <laughs> we <laughs> uninterrupted pure bliss it's going to be amazing we get three, two two and a half days a friend of ours is going to come over watch our kids and not charge us a penny oh that's awesome yeah so shout out to Paige. amazing oh that's really cool yeah, I can't believe it. But so Thursday night, so I was mentioning this to someone who I thought would be like, oh, that's really cool, who knows my wife. And she goes, actually, I have a friend who runs a hotel right there on the waterfront. What? I'll get a discount for you. What? Yeah, so it's like one thing after the other. So I could not be more excited. Oh, you guys deserve that. When was the last time you guys like did anything like that? Uh, three years ago, Audrey McCarthy's wedding. Audrey and right Rowdy Reigns. Uh, Rowdy Reigns. Got married in Austin. We spent a day uh, in Austin, one night, a day and a half-ish, and that was it. Really, it was just for the wedding, and um, we came right back. It's before Shannon was uh, pregnant with Noah, maybe. I don't know. But, so, uh, honest, so if, yeah. if we're being honest here, in the past two years, I've spent more nights with you in a bed without the kids there than Shannon has. <laughs> If you really want to be honest here. Uh, in no way is that uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Luke. Uh, still mad at you for being like, Luke, it's four in the morning. Why don't you slam, don't slam the door? Brr. You f- woke me up at four in the morning and I had to be on the road at 545. It's not my fault hotel doors are loud. You could have held it and gently turned the handle. I held it when I opened it. And then when I shut it, I forgot about what I was doing. <laughs> because you were a little swimming. You were swimming. Nah. So, hey, um, what fun stuff are we doing for the podcast? Well, uh, number one, go to creationbook.co slash cf. Uh, to support the great new book created that Kyle Hyman put together for a likable art. Um, I'm in it, and 59 other authors are in it. And if you go through created book. Kevin Hyder's in it. Kevin Hyder, I just talked to him the other night. He's telling me about it. Sorry, go on. Nice. Uh, if you go through our link, which will be in the show notes. So uh, sorry. You get, uh, we, Catchy Foxes gets like a 30% kickback. So that's cool. And I just used that code in order to buy five books today <laughs> so, <laughs> so i got christmas done sorry mom and dad it's me um <laughs> oh dear yeah so hey, that's i mean that's at the least thing. you're published with scott hahn that's fun mm-hmm. finally peter oh. craft bishop baron and scott hahn finally <laughs> peter craft bishop baron scott hahn and gomer jeez took you long enough <laughs> wake up gentlemen the talent is here and it is pleasantly plump <laughs> but he's got a cool haircut now, so everything's fine. <laughs> I actually went back to the barber and got it extra short on the sides. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm getting too close to hipster. I'm scared. Um, but also, I want to say uh, for our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Pay us the ultimate compliment by uh, <laughs> sharing this with anyone you think uh, would like it. You can go to our uh, website at catchingfoxes.fm. Uh, this episode is episode 113. Episode 112, we interviewed Pastor Joey, who has no answers. Uh, really interesting conversation of a post-evangelical making his way. I don't think they would call themselves progressives, but they definitely are walking on the, the line. Yeah, on the Bad Christian Podcast, so yeah, very yeah. cool. Very yeah. interesting stuff. And Pastor is, with no is, answers. I haven't heard it yet. Is that a good episode? It's a good episode. We talked definitely a lot more than him. But it's still <laughs> a good episode. I'm worried about that. Oh, is no, it... way more than him. Way more. Okay, um, we or you? 
we. You definitely <laughs> did, too. <laughs> I talked so much because I didn't want to seem like I was offending him for being an evangelical. And I'm like, yeah, but solo scriptura. And I kept, I didn't dance around it, but I wanted to, like, fully explain my rationality. Mm-hmm. You had a different tact because you didn't do that. Uh, you were fangirling, fanboying, hardcore. Only in the beginning. You were really hard in the beginning. So, like, when I listen to you all the time, I get an erection. So, there's that. There's that. But, um, also, I want to tell everyone, Matt Fratt is going to yell at us if we don't tell you. If you go to Patreon, patreon.com slash cf. And you donate $10 or more, we are literally going to give you a second episode of Just Me and Luke. So if we interview someone that week, doesn't matter. Just Me and Luke. That will be posted on Monday. So you get Catching Foxes on Friday and another one on Monday. And that's just for our Patreon supporters who donate $10 or more a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash cf. And uh, if you want to, so it's a little bit weird because it's on a... um a website, but it's actually on your iPhone. Very easy to basically turn that into a a podcast. You want to explain how? Yeah. So you download the Patreon app and once you put in your credentials, it automatically goes and creates like a feed of the things you subscribe to. So for instance, if you subscribe to us and pints with Aquinas, regardless of how much you give, anything that matches your donation will automatically come up in your feed. So Luke and I subscribe to, um, or I subscribe to Pints with Aquinas, Catching Foxes, uh, or not Catching Foxes, The Crunch, and Dan Benjamin stuff. And so if ever they post something, it just comes up in the thing. And you can just click play, and it has a built-in media player. So all of those, we have it. It's, it's, uh, the hashtag is bonus shows, and that will get you right to all the extra content. We have two published right now, one before episode 111, which was our million-dollar down, uh, million down, million-dollar. I wish. (laughs) Someone goes, if only you could monetize a dollar a download. And I was like, if it costs a dollar a download, no one would listen. But um, (laughs) when we hit a million downloads at episode 111, uh, uh, we had a release one that Monday beforehand and then the Monday after, so this Monday. So we will have another one waiting for you. That's kind of cool. It's kind of like a commentary on episode 112, which I think you should probably have because that episode is kind of crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. You're awesome, Luke. You're great. Your hair is awesome. <laughs> what's right left here. of it? What's left of it is beautiful, Luke. You are beautiful, no matter what the barber says. <laughs> he is true. Do you remember this kind of songs from the mid two thousands? Ryan Cabrera, Howard Day, James Blunt. I just want to say I love Teresa Zoe Williams. She has now gone through, in the course of us recording this episode, and commented on, like, 90% of the, of the uh, listener topics. Like, it's, it's really funny. She is. She's really oh. gone through. It's awesome. Thank you, hey, Teresa. Are we in the Patreon part, or are we still recording? We're still recording. Episode? No, we're okay. no, it's a regular episode. Uh, really quick, if we did not get to your question, we apologize. Uh, there was, we had so many. They were great. Uh, yeah, we, we had about 30, 30 questions. Yeah, that was awesome. And Brandon Ocampo, I do want to say that purity culture stuff that you wrote, it's true, man. People are stuck on that. Like, did you sign chastity cards, Luke? Yeah, I tried. What about true love weights? Was that a thing? I vaguely remember it. Yeah, well, uh, I definitely remember the term. 
but I have vague memory of there being like an organization or something that you did involved in True Love Weights. How about this? How about this? I remember one time a True Love Weights inspired thing literally said, no in Russian is nyet. And I was like, what the, what the hell does that mean? No in Russian is nyet. And I got it. It took me forever. Not yet. Not yet. And I was like, oh, wait a second. That's a mixed signal. Are you saying no means not yet? No doesn't mean no. I'm so confused. We had a we had a buddy who I'm not going to mention his name, but it rhymes with something. Um, oh, thank you. I know. I, I, I know. I, I I'm not going to. But he had he had um, this one idea. I think it's so funny to have a shirt that says uh, no ringy, no dingy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it'd be so funny. And he was like, "No, we can't do that." And I was like. Bissinger, we totally should. That's hilarious. No ringy, no dingy. That's a Chris Farley quote, right? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think our friend Bissinger no. just just made it up. No, no ringy, no dingy. No, no ringy, ringy, no dingy. No, dingy. no, I know what it comes from. Uh, it comes from the the parody version of the uh, Men in Tights, Robin Hood Men in Tights. No ring, uh, ring, no ding, ding, or something like that. Where men. We're men in tights, tights, tights. Okay, we need to move on to the Patreon part. This is, Bam, this is so late. Thank you all for listening to us. Go to catchingfoxes.fm for more. Bye. Bye. Kiss Tober. Kiss Tober here to solve all your problems except for ones that are real. Mm-hmm.